Welcome to the next episode number two of the Then Den podcast, volume three. We have someone really exciting. It's an honor to have her, the beautiful and talented. I don't know if I should say her new last name. Um, I, I forgot to ask you that, Grace. Grace Chim. Um, I wonder if I'll ask you that when I bring you on. Should I just say Grace Chim Wan? Okay, sure, but it, uh, it's a privilege to have her on. And we're going to talk about, as as we did with our previous guest, it's exciting to have someone on the rise in in the acting world. And we, I, my intention is to learn from other creative people. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling, roll the intro, and bring on Grace. It's going to be awesome. You're about to enter another world where independent creative minds are guided by determination of purpose and destiny is in our hands. Forget everything you were made to believe and check your baggage at the door. This is The Fenden. Volume 3. Um, podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. Hey, Hello. <laughs> Exciting uh, to be here with you and to witness you on the rise in your acting career. Oh, thank you. What I was uh, wondering, and I forgot to ask you before we went on, is should I introduce you by your your full last name? <laughs> there um, has been a bit of confusion because of my recent sort of wedding. Um, praise the Lord. Um, but no, I told my newly husband that um, it's too much for marketing for me. <laughs> I've worked a long time to sort of build it for Grace Jim. So yes, we are keeping it to my stage name. <laughs> I'm glad I asked because that's actually something that people might be curious about is what happens to couples when when they're when they have a stage name and what do they do? What's the conversation like? Do they keep you say, honey, I love you, but I gotta keep my name. I know you understand. Yeah, is definitely. <laughs> I mean, especially coming from an Asian culture, it's such a big thing uh, where the guys expect you to sort of like keep to their last names. But um, they're grateful for a very westernized hubby who's just like, you know what, it's okay. Um, do your thing. I know it's like your sort of um, brand and everything else. He understands. It's a business. It's a business. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. So wh what um, got you into acting was it something you always wanted to do? Sure. Um, you know, I I grew up in Indonesia, um, which is a little southeastern sort of archipelago of islands. Um, not many people around the world know about it. Um, but, you know, my parents were bankers and none of them are sort of in the creative industry. I just sort of loved um, singing and acting. Even, like since I was like six, I remember karaoke to like Britney Spears every afternoon after class. Um, but I think I had a lot of backlashes from um, my teachers and like my family in general and my friends who said that you're not talented enough, you're not attractive enough to even just reach, you know, the standards of Hollywood, um, whatever that means in, you know, the 1990s. So I didn't give up on it secretly, um, but I still went ahead with my sort of parents sort of, you know, desire to get me into business. Um, and then, you know, after college, I worked a bit in the office and I was like, 
I cannot do this the rest of my life because it just, oh, I mean, bless those souls who sort of love The Office, but it was just not for me. Um, and I knew it right offset after two years. And I sort of um, jumped ship to uh, New York um, because I felt like God was telling me um, that if you're going to do this dream, then I'm going to give it to someone else. And that sort of scared me. So, um, yeah, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, got in. And, and after that, I just, you know, explored New York and worked in Off-Broadway and a couple of different features. So it's been exciting since then. That's wonderful. Um, but it, and it makes me curious about the conversation. You said there was a backlash from your family. You're not talented enough. You, you're supposed to do, you're supposed to get into banking, like, like your family. That's a stable job. Uh, was, was it anything like that or? Yeah, definitely. It was exactly, I feel like you're, I'm talking to my parents already, Sean. <laughs> it's exactly that. Um, I'm working on that role. Yeah, <laughs> my new type cast. Um, yeah. It's definitely that, uh, just because I think the arts industry is a very new sort of um, area that um, none of um, my my family's background has ever been exposed to. And so they sort of take this um, sense of unfamiliarity as a sign of, it's a warning. It's like a bad area to go with because nothing has been proven that you're gonna get a stable job. But then again, if you think about it after COVID and everything else, no one is guaranteed a job, honestly, these days. Um, and to be honest, it's it's just a lack of misunderstandings. Um, and yeah, it's it's it was hard because I had to break through a lot of um, image barriers on how I should look like as an actress, um, and how I you know how tall I should have been or how skinny I was. Um, so it's a lot of physical appearance from my parents' side um, and Asian culture in general. Yeah. So it sounds like there was a certain level of incredulity. I'm messing up this word, but incredulity. <laughs> In other words, they, because they couldn't understand it, it was not acceptable. We, we, we can't understand this, what you're trying to do, Grace. You, you're not talented enough. Did you just say, I'm doing it anyway? Or once you got into the Academy of Dramatic Arts, did it change? Cause so I did, a, yeah. <laughs> I did a wild thing for the first time in my life. I actually applied to the university first before actually telling my parents at all. Um, just because I think I wanted to prove myself as well. Um, and when I got my acceptance letter, I was already booking my flights to New York and I sent a text to my parents. I told them, mom, I am moving to New York and I feel like this is what God calls me to do and stuff. And they can't really say anything about it <laughs> just because I've, I've made my mind about things. Um, yeah, so I had to take the jump um, and not listen to anyone else, but you know, my gut. So you're following your gut? Was it a gut feeling or was it like your, I'm going to jump to the conclusion that your parents were, have a Christian belief too. So uh, if you say, God told me to do this, they're like, okay, well. Yeah, I, I think well. I sort of used the God card <laughs> a little bit, um, but it was true. You know, I just sort of felt like God sort of called me there and um. I think by gut feeling, yes, it was um, it was in a Holy Spirit sort of intuition, whatever you call it, um, guiding that I I felt that if I did not take the step 
and jump, I knew that I would regret it the rest of my life. You knew you would regret it the rest of your life. That is parallel. That's what Laval said on our, our podcast, our last podcast. It was the similar thing. Mm -hmm. It's that avoidance of regret. Yeah. Is that how you kind of go about your decision making in with other things? Is like I don't I don't want to regret. I don't want to regret this. So. Um. I don't know. I think I'm someone um, who takes calculated risk. If, <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of um, pray about things first, take a sort of like a, a few months or like a month or two to sort of think about my decisions um, before I actually do anything. Um, but I do my own research of what is involved in everything else. And when you sort of take the steps and break it down into pieces, it doesn't seem as intimidating at, as it should the big picture. Because sometimes I think what scares us the most is the big picture of like, okay, how am I gonna get there when I'm so far away? But when you actually break down the steps and make it into a logical, realistic pathway, that's when you sort of realize that, oh, okay, I can totally achieve this. It just takes a bit of time and sort of planning. It takes planning. So what are the steps when you when you become an actor? The steps are go to school and <laughs> I, I didn't have, I didn't have all the steps like I was like, I didn't really know about anything about acting, honestly, because, you know, compared to people who grew up in the States or like, you know, the Western countries, they had training. They were sort of prepped in high school to sort of have a future in the arts world or the entertainment world. But we never had that. Um, so what I had was a one step or three step plan. Um, but I found that as I take and obey the steps that I had to take, um, more steps begin to unravel. It seemed like when you actually make a decision to do something and then you do break it down into steps and you stick to it, things seem to work out because of you taking those steps and you stuck to it that that's commendable i think um that's how you're going to be so successful um what um what are you working on right now um so i actually just finished production for a few films i have a bit of an nda that i not really about um supposed to sort of talk in detail about it um, but it's in post-production. One is about to be released in August, actually. Um, it's a feature film called Risen. Um, it's a sci-fi. Um, and it's going to be available to the streaming services. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, I had to be in a closet using a gas mask and, you know, just being in my own space while I imagine aliens above me trying to entrap me in my own home. Um, so yeah, that was fun. And I'm waiting for the post-production of um, one of the latest Marvel films that I am um, I was very fortunate to be a part of. Um, so yeah, right now it's just <laughs> taking a break and um, just learning a new skill. I'm actually, I have classes tonight for a Japanese sword um, fighting. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, use, I use these sort of um, little breaks after production to sort of um, new, learn new skills and just be better in my craft and everything else. So there's a, a couple of things there 
that's really exciting. Congrats, by the way. There's a couple of things Thank there. Like, um, but the before I get it, I ask about the sword fighting. The I don't want you to violate the NDA, but was the NDA for the Marvel film? Well, you don't have to tell me if, if it'll violate the yes, NDA. But... It is for the Marvel film. <laughs> um, but I mean, <laughs> it's sort of on my IMDb that I am on it anyway. Um, I just can't sort of um, speak too much about the plot or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. But you can reveal that it, it is a Marvel <laughs> film. That is the project. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. I don't want to get in the way of anything, but that's yeah, really great. exciting. Thank you. And, and great. the sci-fi film, is that one called Risen? Yes, it's called Prison. Right? Yeah, it's um, distributed by Vertical Entertainment, which is a really big um, entertainment company in um, LA. Um, so it's going to be available on August the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so that's like this August? Yeah, it's this so, August. Summer? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, really um, it's been interesting because I had to move back to Australia since... Um, COVID happened. Um, and for this, I was in New York, as you know. Um, and it was a big adjustment, sort of adjusting to what the acting world looked like in New York and how it looked like in Australia. Um, but I found that a lot of um, productions from the States were actually moving to Australia during the COVID season, um, which I got to be able to benefit a bit from that. There must be a huge difference between New York and Australia. What That's was it? Just a matter of like New York is so dense and there's so much activity in one place and studio space is hard to get. Was Do you know it? the biggest difference? I was um I was so confident because I was like, okay, I'm from New York. You know, I've got all these experience um with like castings and stuff. And then when I went into Sydney, which is where I am now, I realized that they do auditions so differently. Number one, we're not allowed to bring our scripts into um, the casting room. We're supposed to sort of know it all by heart and present a finished piece, um, which is really different to what I learned in New York. Um, and there aren't a lot of productions going on in Australia as it was compared to New York, because in New York, I would just have, you know, auditions back and forth from everywhere. But in here, we're just so dependent on agents instead. And it looks a bit like a mini Hollywood. Um, a mini LA uh, on a smaller scale where they only focus on bigger productions. Um, commercials are really big here and modeling, um, but in terms of acting, um, it's so different to how New York is. Would you come back to New York if you could? Oh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, really? In a heartbeat. Um, New York sort of um, has a special tender place in my heart just because maybe that's sort of where I found myself as an artist. Um, and I found that has been the most fruitful ground to sort of breed in. Um, but yeah, actually, we're sort of um, thinking of moving to um, LA next. Um, so we're sort of in the midst of preparing for that. Um, so yeah, just working on my stuff here and just building all my stunts um, training in here, just because I found that um, that's sort of a niche um, that I've learned from Australia that, you know, having stunt training and um, experience in weapons and everything else has been really helpful in castings. So you do your own stunts? Well, I am not as experienced as a lot of martial artists. Um, they take years to sort of get a Taekwondo experience for that. 
but I focus on um, weapons, so archery, um, guns, <laughs> and um, tonight's war fighting. So a lot of um, different um, East Asian sort of um, weapons trading there. So what's what's the craziest gun that you've ever shot? Do you do you know guns really? Those well? are really. I mean, the ones on um the ones on set are fake, <laughs> but um they are heavy like machine guns. They're like you know like um the little handguns. Um those are those are light, but machine guns are really heavy, even though it's fake. So it's pretty interesting to sort of carry around and still having to kneel down and reset and take again. <laughs> you ever shoot real guns? Not just in, um, just in training grounds. Um, just in training grounds. <laughs> I don't think we're sort of allowed to. So Australia is really different. We're not allowed to bring any weapons around. Not like in New York, where I had like a pepper spray around or like uh, an alarm, to sort of like watch out for. But yeah, you can't have pepper spray. In no, it's like a it's like a legal offense. I'm pretty sure we can't bring any like not even a Swiss Army knife. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so do is there not a need for is the there there's not violence to on the level where you would need to defend yourself? Um, pepper spray. I, I think we're pretty safe in here. Um I wouldn't say the night times are safe, but I, I think it's fairly safe. It feels like um it feels like Seattle. Um Seattle? It's not really City, but it's safer than New York. <laughs> but what about a boomerang? Can you have a boomerang? <laughs> Probably. Um, those are five. Yeah. yeah. It's it's sort of a... You have to have a boomerang. Yeah, everyone has a boomerang. <laughs> and a pet kangaroo. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Um, when we were shooting Marvel, actually, we had a lot of kangaroos um, where we were shooting at. And it was just a scary thing because we think that kangaroos are like this fluffy little creatures and then they're actually really violent and actually kills people by actually kicking people. Um, so we're, they're really feisty. They actually kill a lot of people in Australia. Yeah, they're, uh, they look like boxers. I wouldn't want to get in a fight with a kangaroo. It's very gamey. But you'll have a sword. I mean, you have real swords. You can't really fake a sword, um, can you? So we only use it in the dojos. Um, right now, cause we're in lockdown again, very funny, Australia. Um, so what I'm doing with my class is we're doing it over zoom and I'm using, a an umbrella instead to sort of <laughs> practice my sword movements. Oh, okay. So you use an umbrella instead of, a, yeah. Or we have a wooden staff. Oh, on zoom. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So that's how you do it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So do you see yourself doing more, um, action adventure kind of stuff is that something you would like to do it wasn't something on my radar because you know coming from new york i thought i was just this musical person who just enjoyed singing and dancing um and you know films and stuff but now I, i'm realizing it's more of a benefit um i it's quite sad to say because there are certain stereotypes that the industry holds about um different cultural groups and sadly enough um, you know, being Asian and stuff, you're sort of, um, there's a lot of typecasts to sort of the types of Asian roles there are. And a lot of them are attached to, you know, Kung Fu or like, you know, knowing all these like delicate sword movements and everything else. So I think that's what has been working for me lately um, in terms of having that extra knowledge and stunts and everything else. 
So the extra knowledge in stunts will be good for getting more roles like that. Yeah. Um, from from um, get from what I gather, breaking stereotypes is something that you it, it seems like you would you're interested in in doing sort of breaking typecasts and breaking stereotypes. Yeah, it's it's really hard, Sean, just because um. For the longest time, I think the industry has had only three main um, Asian identities in their um, radar. And that only included um, the Chinese, the Japanese, and the Koreans. And I'm not trying to be racist at all, but it's just, um, you know, those are the three main groups that they think are Asians. But for people like me, who is a mixture of an Indonesian mom and also a Singaporean dad, where does that fit in? I don't look um, dark like most um, Indonesian people do, and but I speak the language fluently. I look like the three main um, Chinese, Asian, or Japanese, Korean culture, but I don't speak any of those languages. So it's been disheartening because you know there aren't much roles that actually has Indonesian languages where I sort of grew up. Um, and I'm planning to sort of um, break that stereotype in the future because I want there to be more information about who we are as Indonesians and that there are more Southeastern islands um, in the world that classifies as Asian culture in general. But for those people who are in, underrepresented, would you, um, you, would you ever work on to bring those stories to people? Yeah. Um, is that it's been something that you would... That you're interested in yeah definitely um it's been really on my heart so it's just i've got sort of the the main story of it um that i'd like to write um i'm actually wanting to look at folk stories from indonesia um to sort of um give an introduction to sort of our islands and everything else and make it into a modernized version um feature film but i think it's um it's in the back burner because I'm still collating um, certain individuals from the Indonesian community who we can partner with to sort of make this happen. So you would need to partner with the right people to make it happen. Yeah. Speaking with the right vision. Partnering with people. Yeah. yeah. What's your dream role or slash um, person you would like to work with? Oh, that's okay. So dream role. Um, I, I just, I want to work in Disney. That is like my dream, dream role. Um, whether it's in a voiceover as a like an animated um, southeastern princess, um, like Raya the Dragon, or um, a, a superhero character, whether it's Marvel or DC, um, I just I, I that's why I think I'm sort of gearing up in terms of stunts and like action training because I want to be doing a mixture of like a princess but also a warrior um, because I'm sort of that person who. I, I'm gentle from the outside. I love all that beautiful stuff, but also do not underestimate the strength in me sort of thing. So yeah, um, I think I, I have a few dream sort of actors I want to work with. Um, Meryl Streep is a big one and Sandra Oh. Um, yeah, but in terms of uh, directors, um, Waika, um, who is actually directing the new Thor movie. He's amazing. He's a very humble-hearted person. That's exciting. The Thor movie. How about um? So you've you've already done Marvel. 
I mean, that's part that's on your way to your dream role. I don't know if you were the warrior princess because you were signed to NDA, so we won't know if you're the warrior princess or not. Well, I, I want to be a superhero. Like that. superhero. I want to be like a warrior princess of some sort that has um, a tie to a southeastern Asian sort of um, cultural background. Yeah, that would be amazing to watch. Do you do voiceover stuff? I mean, Disney, yes, that's do. doable. If you... Okay, so cool. So you yeah. already do voiceover? Well, um, I do a couple of voiceovers. I do commercial. Um, as you know, a lot of uh, actors actually use commercials and um, voiceovers as a source of income. Um, mm -hmm. And so I've been doing a lot of commercials um, and voiceovers and a lot of um, translation work from voiceovers for little children's stories, which is really interesting because I get to bring my um, Indonesian side of things. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, did you know that I can bark like a chihuahua, Sean? That is a part of my special skill. That. <laughs> so not not a lab or a husky or a, a uh, what's a uh, chow chow or a name, name <laughs> dogs or a little dash, dash hound, but a yeah. chihuahua. And, Very and you're breaking stereotypes right there because you're not Mexican. <laughs> you're an Indonesian person playing a Mexican. <laughs> I think that kind of shatters, exactly. shatters stereotypes. So yeah, there are chihuahuas in Indonesia yeah. too, you know. <laughs> oh. So yeah. Well, okay, good. That's good to know. Um, there, there's probably Indonesians in Mexico too. So I don't know. Just yeah. <laughs> curious about that. Um, how do you define success? This is a really tricky one because I think there is a good balance in everything. Um, I think for me, I define success in um, not only financial terms, but in the impact that you cause to other people. You know, my dad always wanted me to be a doctor, but ha, huh, I am not a physical doctor, but I help heal the wounds of the heart. You know, my, my dad has always forced me to sort of become a doctor because it's sort of his long lost Singaporean dad dream. Um, but I, I never wanted to, but then I realized with acting, we're sort of like emotional doctors because in a society where people are actually asked to sort of cover their feelings and hide their feelings, um, we as actors give them a chance to be understood when they step into like a stage or a theater or a film for like one hour and we get to empathize with what people misunderstand, um, whether it's like racism or whether it's like bullying or whether it's like being a villain, like no one's a villain. They just are that way because they're acting from a hurtful place. What I mean by that is because everyone in society are actually growing up to sort of learn to cover up their feelings and not show emotions. Emotions are not a bad thing. My dad always told me, do not cry, do not cry ever, and do not show them that you are weak. But then I'm like, why not? It's a gift. So when people actually walk into the theater or the film, um, cinema, sorry, um, and they experience one hour or two hours of a simple medium um, that actually makes them feel understood, we are actually releasing their emotions and telling them that they are understood and that's okay. And I know a lot of people who's just, you know, come up to me and said after like a theater or play program that I did, 
and told me, you know what, that made me cry for some reason, but I felt understood in that one hour. And that is the impact that we make as artists, as storytellers, to actually um, help people with what they're going through or things that they have buried in the past. So yeah, for me, I think it's being able to do what I love um, acting and being able to show love through it to other people. I think for me, as long as I can sort of support my, um, you know, children, um, future children, and help the society around me, um, that is enough for me to be able to just have a comfortable living situation and help other people. But I think for me, success looks like being able to do what you love and what you're called to do while impacting people in terms of awareness of certain um, um, issues around the world. Um, I sort of look at my my acting career in that sense. Making people feel understood and making an impact even on one person as an emotional doctor healing people. I think that's pretty commendable. <laughs> did I get that right? Is that a, a bad Completely. The, the internet did not stop us this time, Sean. <laughs> that's right. Not at all. Grace, you're amazing. Thank you for Thank you. taking time out of your busy schedule before you go to your sword class <laughs> it's wonderful to have you oh um lastly if you could nominate the next guest who would it be Ooh, i would i would nominate chris roberts um she's a dear friend of mine um she's you know doing great things in broadway and loving on people through her beautiful gift of singing and dancing and whatnot so yeah Okay, cool. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask for her contact info if if uh, <laughs> a problem afterwards. All right, cool. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Love having you on. Not a problem. So Thank you so much for having to everyone. Me. Oh, All you're right. so welcome. All right. All right. Thank have you. a good um, sword class. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Have a good night. All right. Signing off. You too. <laughs>